What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning and inability to smile and expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Thursday night from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Connor, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blazarian, Kevin O'Sphere, Kevin How are you enjoying the snow, man? Are you staying safe? Yeah, we're staying safe. The South is not great for handling snow, ice, and a wintry mix, but I mean, I think there's like six plows in the city of Memphis. And so uh, it's been snow days all week for the kids. Everybody's scratching at the walls. And uh, I have been able to make it uh, to and from work most days. But today it was so bad I couldn't even. So I have been homebound the entire day. Uh, You and DeAndre Ayton both. Me and DeAndre Ayton. You know, (laughs) sometimes things are poetic that it gives me the complete inability to goof on DeAndre Ayton when I myself was in the exact same spot. There was a moment, there's a hill going into my neighborhood this morning when I was driving back home because I went out and tested the roads to see how it was. And I thought there is absolutely no chance of getting up this hill because it's just like driving on an ice rink. My car spun out twice. I mean, it was terrible, terrible. Because there's no way, there's no salt trucks around here. Um, you just got to wait for it to thaw. And so today, today was the worst of the days. But uh, 
I did make it. Look, it was snow. It snowed over the weekend, and I made it to the Monday game with the Grizzlies and the Warriors. So maybe I can goof on him for not making it to the game. I found a way. <laughs> Come on, DeAndre Ayton. If all right, here's better. If, if if they right now are thirty and ten, is DeAndre Ayton at that game? They did win the game without him, for what it's worth. It was an exciting game. Blazers had a great comeback in the, the fourth quarter. Simons hit two nasty shots over Bridges in the final minute of the game. Fun game. Jeremy Grant was terrific. Uh, I mean, we'll see with Grant. He had 30 points in that game. The, Jake Fisher said it's unlikely he's traded. That does sound like that's the case. Like I said to you recently, the Blazers are in no rush to move him, but yep. he put on a performance that would make me want to have him. That's for damn sure. All right. There's been a big trade since we last spoke, Kevin. Yes, sir, there was. A real trade. The Indiana Pacers got Pascal Siakam. Now, we have talked about Siakam trades for a long time. He has been a notable target for different teams, and we figured they're not going to lose him for nothing, but he's probably Mm -hmm. not part of their future plans as they will build out around Scotty Barnes in Toronto. And so what is going to be his ending spot? Well, it turned out to be Indiana. Uh, Indiana got Pascal Siakam and the 2024 second round pick. The Raptors got Bruce Brown. They got Jordan Nuara, Kyra Lewis Jr., which came from the Pelicans. And they end up with three first round picks, um, mid to late, probably all of those. And then, uh, $10.7 million trade exception in the C- you know, for moving Siakam, which is not nothing. Uh, Pelicans, they got a little wiggle room. They got a trade exception for the Kyra Lewis, but most importantly, they're going to get under that line so that when the check for $14 million or whatever it is comes in from the teams, they can take part in that. They needed to get under, so they did. They also got almost a $6 million trade exception for letting him go for virtually nothing. Uh, The Raptors are an interesting proposition now, which we'll get to in a moment because of kind of what direction they take from here, but let's start with Indiana and how much do, do you love the fit of Siakam in Indiana? Do you think this is a good basketball landing spot? I think it's a beautiful fit. I mean, the 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 glorious thing about Tyrese Halliburton is how he makes everybody around him better. And he can play with and without the ball at equally high levels because he's such a potent shooter and mover without the ball. And now you pair him with Pascal Siakam, which fills their need of a secondary creator. We've talked about that all year long, where it felt like sometimes Halliburton was the only source of offense at times in endgame situations. Well, now you get Siakam, who can create and pick and roll, who can isolate, who can also be a spot-up guy, who can be a cutter, who's a willing screener. He can do all of those things. And so I, I, I foresee Halliburton and Siakam being a very potent two-man combination. And I think with Siakam, the size he provides on defense, granted you lose Bruce Brown, who's a very good defender. Siakam's a bigger player. He fits what they need. And uh, on defense, I think the size with him, like if you do keep Jarris Walker long-term, if Walker works out, you have a bunch of size and versatility in that front court. If you go out and get another guy, pair him with Siakam in that front court, which is one of the interesting wrinkles here, Chris. It went way under the radar. Woj said that the, originally, the Pacers wanted to go go get OG and Anobi and Siakam 
Obviously, OG goes to the Knicks, but the fact they intended on going for both Ananobi and Siakam shows that they wanted to add two forwards to get that size and versatility and spacing and, and maintain their high-level offense while improving their weak defense. So clearly, they're not done going for more moves here. And Siakam is somebody that can play with anybody. Halliburton is somebody that can play with anybody. And they're both all-star caliber talent. So I'm very, very excited to see how these guys play together. Well, and you've got the... The thing that I like about it is the pace at which the Pacers play and how he fits that. They fly up and down and they're trying to score fast. And the last thing you needed was somebody that might have been a clunky fit with that. And instead, if you're looking for a front court guy that's going to fly down the court with you and beat people down the court and finish, like Siakam fits that bill. He is, he's a guy that's going to be flying up and down the court with Halliburton. Um, and you can see that happening where speed and, uh, and the pace of play becomes a real advantage as it has been in so many different cases this year. You know, between, you know, maybe Jairus Walker or maybe Matherin and Buddy Heald. And that, that, like they kind of got the goods to be able to swing one for a third guy. I do think, right? They've got... And, and picks, too. They, like, yeah. they traded two, two in 2024, one in 2026 their own. So like they still can trade the 28 and the 30 plus swaps in the odd number of years. So they have flexibility with trades still, too. Yeah. So, I mean, you could see them adding, uh, taking some of those salaries, putting it together, adding another big guy. Now, you got to do some figuring out on what you're going to pay Siakam in the offseason because I know it is illegal to do, but you're not supposed to do it. But there had to be some assurance that we're going to work this out long term. I mean, that's just the way this stuff goes. You're not making that kind of a deal unless you think, all right, we've got maybe not the framework, but we've got an assurance that, hey, if we make this deal, does the guy want to stay? Because routinely, agents leak out. You know, we went through it with the Sacramento thing, and this is just what happens. They say, hey, don't trade for my guy. He's not signing there for a long time. Now, he is eligible for four years, $183 million after the season. You can't do that because he's going to be 30 years old. Like, you can't do that. But I think what you're trying to do is still pay him a fortune. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, skimping him on this. But, you know, I think you're more in the 130 to 150 range and hopefully getting a little wiggle room on that fourth year rather than having that be a full guarantee when you're talking about that age. Because I don't know. He he ain't flying up and down the court at 34 in the same way, obviously. Um, But you want to have him in the fold. And so that's the other thing. You know, you're getting a third guy. Halliburton, because he's so great, so fast, like that super max is kicking in, brother. There ain't no way he's not, you know, gonna be getting a, a a super max sooner than later. So we will see. Um, but I uh I like the fit basketball wise. I guess this is one of those that we're gonna have to grade completely when you get to the offseason, you see kind of what they had to pay him in order to make this happen, right? 
Yeah. I mean, we'll see what they end up paying. Of course, that that's, you know, a, a big component of it. And we'll see who else they get as well. Are they going to make another move? Are they going to sit on what they have? Are they going to do it before the deadline? Are they going to do it this offseason? Because I'll tell you what, man, I, I've said it to you all year. This is the year to go for it. I, I truly believe that the window's open. Yes, the Nuggets are the favorites. Yes, Jokic is the best player in the world, but it's really hard to go back-to-back. And plus, they're in the Western Conference. We've seen the Pacers have success against the Bucs this season. In a seven-game series with their roster even better than it's been this year, maybe they can go toe-to-toe against Boston. And like I, I think with, with Indiana, they're one move away from being right there with a lot of those teams that have a real shot and they're going for it. And I respect the hell out of them for it because I think the window's open and you got to go for it. And I tell you this, Kev, with Rick Carlisle being their coach and with them just acquiring Siakam, like Siakam is a win right now player. Yes. Like you're not, yep. this is not, we always talk about timelines with a team. And sometimes teams try to truly speed up a timeline. Well, like Halliburton, is right there at the top where he can win right now. And this is, you're in the Siakam window right now. Like, that's a win-now move. And so I do think that you will, I don't think you're looking at it going, okay, we're going to try to have these two timelines and we still want to maintain our youth, but we also, what they'll do is they'll take some of that youth that hopefully has built up a reputation and they'll be able to flip that to a team that, is on that youth timeline while attracting their good veteran player. And they might keep some of the youth because you sure. want quality young players on rookie contracts. Like you, you, depending on what a deal looks like, maybe you do end up giving up Jarris Walker, who's a rookie that hasn't really played for the Pacers and the big leagues this year. But you keep Benedict Matherin in the deal. And Matherin at, you know, six million for the next three years becomes a value contract for your team. That That's very possible that that could happen. Andrew Nemhard, who, by the way, you talk about agents, you know, back-channeling, Nemhard and Siakam share the same agent. Just pointing ah. that out there. So maybe you keep Andrew Nemhard in the fold as your, you know, one of your backup point guards, backup ball handlers behind Halliburton. So I think oh. with Indiana, you can still keep some youth while giving up picks and maybe one or two of those young guys in a deal. And besides, like, if you're... Let's just let, like just to follow the same logic. Th- they went after Siakam and OG Ananobi, two forwards, two versatile pieces, which is precisely what they need. If they were to now go for, say, Jeremy Grant or Kyle Kuzma, guys making 20 plus million dollars, you're talking about giving up maybe for Grant, Heald plus Matherin, like that type of thing. And like that type of deal construct uh, is something that would make sense financially and, you know, haggle however you want with assets and picks and all that. But that's kind of where I'm thinking right now, like who's the other forward that they want to go for since they didn't get OG. Like I feel like that has been, I know like we're looking at the next deal already when we haven't right. even seen Siakam in a Pacers jersey yet, but that is a big subplot, a big subplot of the Woj report saying that they went for both. That's huge. That though that was their intention. So like clearly, we got a couple of weeks to go to go here. The Pacers are not done trying to get better. They're not. Yep. And on the flip side, I don't hate the Raptors' return, dependent like upon it. what happens with Bruce Brown. Well, and also, also Chris, the timing, the timing aspect too. Like I think Raptors fans, maybe you would have rather have seen this done last summer or last deadline. 
when you maybe could have gotten more. But I don't think the That's return right. is bad. Two 2024 picks, one 2026, and Bruce Brown has first-round pick value as well, well himself. And, and, and here's the truth. You're pulling that, the trigger now because you don't think it's getting any better. That's why you do yeah. it right now instead of in a month. It's like you, you didn't think you're going to be able to take this around and say, or you may look at it and you go, hey, we might be flipping Bruce Brown again. Bruce Brown is a quality player that can help somebody that's trying to win a title right now. And he's got, like, he has a value. His contract was signed as a guy that could fit these kind of deals. And also, <laughs> yep. he can be either asset or expiring, or he can be both. He can be mm -hmm. an asset and an expiring because he's got that team option that's coming up. So I can look at it, I can evaluate it, and I can say, all right, I am going to need that money after all. And then I could just decline the option. Or, so that's, that's why I think he's probably getting flipped because I don't know if you're Toronto, if it's wise to be picking up that option. He has more value somewhere else with the timeline that he is on right now. Um, and so I think this is one of those situations where you're probably going to see Bruce Brown flip for something else and maybe maybe i mean they, they i i mean I, I could see it either way like he does fit the vision of how they they're building that thing out with quickly and barnes and the movement and he the does motion not fit with cutting. rj though he doesn't i think i it's, think there's too much i, I think you can't have many, six five like, guards that can't shoot bro bingo and and that <laughs> and that's why that's why i think flipping him makes the most sense but i could see if they have a vision for him as part of the short-term future. I just, I just think if you're, he's 27, he's a championship player, right? A contender right now is going to be calling up that Raptors front office, like, "Yo, what do you want for Bruce Brown?" Like, we view him as the final piece. He is the final piece for some teams. Why would you not go get Bruce Brown, especially considering all those X factors you said? Like, yes, he's a, a championship level role player, but also he's on a, just a, a team option deal for next season. There's flexibility on top of everything else. Uh, it's a movable contract. Like, it's a lot of reasons why you would want Bruce Brown. And I take your expiring back, and then you give me possibly young asset and or you know, some second round picks or whatever I can get in the deal. I kind of see how that works. Now, it doesn't make like you would think like, hey, maybe Toronto could go the opposite way now. But the truth is it would take too much work. I mean, at best, you got like the sixth or seventh worst record and they owe that pick to the Spurs. Uh, it's like top six protected. The one, the Yaka portal deal uh, pick. So that's top six protected. And so I don't think it behooves them to try to tank it out because at best, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you could tank hard enough. So I don't think that's going to be the plan. Well, the, the, um, the one thing I'll say there, Chris, is uh, with the lottery odds, there's been a team that's like outside the top six that's moved into the top four basically every year since the odds changed. Uh, like, I know, like but you're still, like, odds, you're still like less than fifty percent. Yeah, that. I know, but but even right now, like with the seventh odds at the moment, they have a thirty-two percent chance of moving into the top. But, but Kevin, six. It, here's what I'm saying: A, you know, I hate tanking. B, I would make the case that it would be insane because what's what's the best case scenario that you 
get to keep that pick. Now you're keeping that pick in a bad draft and then give it and then you'd give up next year's. No, that's not true. It's top six protected next year too and the year after that. Like so so like if if you I know, but the, the next rap, year's draft but, is but a just, way better draft. I know, but like you can still keep it next year is, is what I'm saying. Like if you if you are even worse next year, no, if you really, I'm, I'm not planning on doing that. Well, maybe you are. I, I mean, no. like, I don't know. Maybe you are. No, maybe you are. With Scotty Barnes and Emmanuel quickly and R.J. Barrett, and I didn't build. No, I didn't make that trade See, to be terrible. Like, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough though because like the league is really really good right now. And, I think and, you, can, you much, can build from being pretty good. Yeah, you know but what I'm, I mean, but as but like as much talent as they have on their team, they're 16 and 25. I understand as much Kevin, talent but, as we're talking about. They're still not a good team. I understand, but you're going to get to the off season, and let's say I move that Brown contract, and now I've got an expiring coming back. Right? Let's say I let Gary uh, Gary Trent walk. He's 18.6. I mean, I'm damn near max cap space. Nah, not really. You still got Pirtle. You still get RJ. You get Schroeder. Still, you still get other guys, Barnes as well. Like you, bro, I'm letting I mean, forty million walk out the door, though. I got a lot of money to spend and maneuver, and I got some I good young talent. I know, I know, I I'm with you, but at the, at the same time, at the same time, the league is really good right now. Now, this is, is a win point. for the Spurs. This is a win for the Spurs because they they're gonna get that pick. They're gonna get two. Top picks, not, not necessarily. In this though. Draft. I mean, they, 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 yes, they it depends on lottery night. Like it's thirty percent odds are really good. Those are really good odds. A team's moved up every year into the top four. One team. That's not how odds yeah, it, work. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but eight, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just saying it's that's not, not how odds um, work. That's one I'm of saying, the teams that could know, possibly say, move up. I'm just saying those odds are not bad. Those are still good odds that you move into the top four. If you have a thirty-five percent chance of anything, those are good odds that you're gonna that you're moving up. Like if so you have why if you that, have that, what that's why, if that's you have what teams, record that's why teams aren't straight up tanking and why they're pushing for the playoffs because it, your odds are better. You don't need to completely bottom out in order to move up in the draft anymore. That was the point of the change that they made. So you're your odds are much better of getting a top four pick. So, yes, the Spurs, in all likelihood, the Raptors will end up with the eighth best odds. And yes, there will probably be like a 70% chance the Spurs land that pick. But, like you say, that's a win for the Spurs. In some respects, it is a win for the Spurs. And in others, maybe... In all the Ra- respects, they gave no, up Yacht Portal! No. No, because in, in other ways, the Spurs would rather the Raptors keep their pick this year in this weaker draft and then have the chance to get the Raptors pick at number eight or number nine next year or in 2026. Like, you might rather get the pick next year if you're the Spurs than this year. No, I'm talking about it for the trade. The trade, the, the, yeah, the fact that that pick could end but, up. Yeah, but yeah, it's but top six protected still be a lot better year. than what you expected it to be. I, I don't. Yeah, but I'm, I know. I'm saying the pick is the same next year. It's top six protected next year, and it's top six protected the year after that. So right. if you're the Spurs, you, you might rather have the chance at the eighth pick next year than get the seventh or eighth pick this year. Like, that might not actually be a win for the Spurs if they and get Assuming the, the Raptors year. are going to be bad next year, to me, is, is far-fetched. That has been generally a good franchise. 
and they got yeah. a good GM, and they're we'll see. making M- deals. We'll see. Masai wanted to rebuild ever since he was running the Nuggets, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see which way they go. But I, I don't mean, think he that... he is re- he is rebuilding now. They he are. is rebuilding. Like, that's what's happening. They are rebuilding. It, it, but uh, it, he didn't it's... get the ten first rounders for Siakam and OG. I know that. It's tough to be good right now. Like, there's just a lot of good teams. That that that's my point. Like, there's a lot of good teams. So. Yeah, depends a lot on, I, I, on the other side. It's also hard to be horrendously bad because we've got so many that are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but one of the reasons why they're horrendously bad is because so many teams are trying to be good. Like, like I don't, I don't think that's true. Like that's some, true. Like and some the, of these, oh, you know why else? You know, you know why else that's happening? Player participation. And I say this is someone who has covered a bad team before. Players sit out. Players sit out against bad teams a lot. And it has happened more often over the last several years. And it is not happening nearly as much this year. It's like, oh, we got a game against uh, Charlotte. Okay, we'll take that one off. Next thing you know, you got two or three-year starters sitting out. I mean, it was happening all the time, dependent on opponent. And now, with guys having to play 65 games, I think it is having an impact on teams, you know, the bad teams, like, get their ass kicked all the time now because those you're not sitting your guys. You're not sitting your guys against bad teams. So they don't even get, they don't even catch those wins on the night where they get to play the teams without one or two or three of their best players. And I think that happened probably more often. That would be my guess in the past. That's just a theory. I don't know. Get in on all the NBA buzzers, ankle breakers, and tomahawk jams with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action, especially with the NBA games coming up on Friday night. I mean, just look at the schedule. We got a loaded slate. Celtics, Nuggets, a potential finals preview. Boston favored by five and a half in Boston. Pelicans hosting the Suns, who just came off a big comeback win against the Kings. Suns are plus two and a half in the game. I like that one. Lakers are finally looking like they're back on track, at least for now. We'll see if they keep it up. They're six and a half point favorites against the Nets. So if you want to look at game spreads or the money line or even parlays, FanDuel is a place for all that. At FanDuel, they have the live same game parlays, the new explore tab, the parlay hub. That's your place to find popular parlays, and there's way more ways to bet. So visit FanDuel.com slash mismatch and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued not a drawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right. We got mid-season stuff to do. Now, you have been calling the season at the midway point for at least three or four weeks now. But we are truly there, Kevin. We have made it. All the well, way well, to that, the Well, here's the thing. Point. We, we were... We were midway through the season prior. Now we are at the midpoint of the season. We are at the we are at the midpoint. We were we were midway. Now we're at the midpoint. Okay. So at the we'll make sure the podcast title midpoint midpoint midpoint. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, right now in the East, we got Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Cleveland at four as of right now, as, as we're recording this before the uh, Thursday night games. Uh, New York five, Miami six, Indiana seven, Orlando eight. So those are the top eight. Those would, uh, and obviously seven and eight would get to host and have pole position in making the playoffs. Odds-wise, I thought this was interesting regarding winning the Eastern Conference. The odds follow the current standings exactly except for Miami and Cleveland being flipped, which makes all the sense in the world, right? I mean, Miami's been in three of the last four finals, and you're giving them, right, you you certainly would want to hedge your bets on Miami when it comes playoff time. Uh, but yeah, like those teams right now, and, and, and the reason I bring this up is because the West, completely different than the standings. The West, it does not mimic. The odds, if you wanted to go bet on who's going to win the Western Conference, they do not represent the standings right now. Uh, number one is Minnesota. Number two is OKC. Number three is Denver. Four is the Clippers. And then five Pelicans, six Sack, seven Dallas, eight Phoenix. Odds-wise, the number one team is Denver. We both agree, right? Yep. Yes, they should be prohibitive favorites. Number two is the Clippers. And I agree with that. I told you they... I saw them uh, last week. I didn't even think they were trying, and I thought they were awesome. And I know they're going to be without Zubat for some amount of time. And you're also a bigger bet to try to bet on them all being healthy than anything else. But they they have the second best odds. Do you think that they should be considered more likely to win the Western Conference than Minnesota and Oklahoma City? Yeah, Because those are the teams there. Those are the teams they are ahead of in the odds, but not in the standings. Yeah, I mean, like with the Clippers, the the bet against them is health. Yeah, and I mean, Kawhi looks great right now. Harden looks great right now. Paul George looks great right now, especially the other night. He looked amazing. So, uh, I think the Clippers are at two are very is very 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 fair because they have the yep. experience as well over Minnesota. Minnesota hasn't proven anything in the postseason together. Ant is still young as well. That's and right. the Clippers have a way better defense than the Suns. So the Suns are next. Now, I think you and I might be on the same page on this. I'm not sure the Suns should be ahead of the Timberwolves and the Thunder. Because of their defense. Um, at the same time, like you remember back in the offseason when they traded for Nurkic and we were going back and forth about that. And I was like, yeah, but like during the postseason, they're going to go with KD at the five. They're not going to be playing their center as much. Well, that's what they did the other night in their 22-point fourth quarter comeback against the Kings. We saw Kevin Durant go to the five. The Suns, Kings the Suns are too went, small, though. So they have fair. Sabonis. They have Sabonis Ka- at center. They're small. You know that. They're small. I do know that. But, okay, so, like, you... You, but my you point ain't pulling is, that is off that, against somebody else. Well, who... Okay, so... You do it against the Clippers. You go. You do it against the Clippers. Zubats, Zubats will wear you out. Yeah, Sabonis. 
should wear you out. I'm not saying you do it for 48 minutes. I'm saying you do it for a 10 minute stretch. Mm. And that 10 minute stretch, maybe you score the heck out of the ball. And KD's playing like he did the other night on defense. He he stopped Sabonis. He defended the pick and roll out of drop. He switched screens on ball. He blocked Malik Bunk. He blocked De'Aaron Fox. He was absolutely unbelievable on defense. He looked like the Kevin Durant at the five like he did for the Warriors in the finals. And so I think like all the other guys around him put in great effort, whether it was a Kogi when he was in there or Grayson Allen when he was in there, Eric Gordon. Beal had a great interception on a play in the pick and roll. Booker was putting in an effort. Everybody was on the Suns defense. And it was like, okay, this is a reminder probably to themselves of what they can be when they use that that Suns death lineup with KD at the five. So I think that's just something that I'm going to be keeping in mind after I've said I'm not sure that they belong in that same level. Considering they have that car that they can pull, Katie. Only the against the Kings can they pull it, though. They don't. I don't think the Kings that's true. are small. They got one big guy. They literally have one big guy. They play like Barnes. They play like Keegan Murray. They have no four. I agree, which is why I, I've said the Kings need to get bigger. They they need to get bigger. Yeah. They do. Try that however, shit against the Nuggets. Try. However, it. however, if you are the flip side of that is if you are going with KD at the five against one of those bigger teams and you're drawing those guys out to, to the perimeter and they need to not they're not closing out against Miles Turner. They're not they're closing you. out against Kevin Durant. There's a I big difference you. there. So I think that's that's where like the Suns, they're betting on offense being so spectacular that the defensive shortcomings they have don't matter as much. And I think the defensive shortcomings will matter. That's um, But I'm just speaking from how they're looking at things and how I said that they would look at it during the offseason. But we saw a glimmer of it against the Kings. That was amazing. That fourth quarter was incredible. I, was, I didn't watch that live, so I watched it back. And, like, they trailed by 22 with eight minutes left. They trailed by 18 with five minutes left. They still trailed by, like, 10 with three minutes left. I, I couldn't believe how they managed to pull it off. It was unbelievable, though, the way they did, especially from Kevin Durant. It was one of the the better quarters I've seen from anybody this entire season. I would pick the Timberwolves, the Thunder, the Mavericks, and the Lakers over the Suns. All of them? Yes. Even the Mavericks and the Lakers? Yes. Wow. Yes. So with the Lakers, you put them ahead of the Suns right now. You like the switches uh, in the lineups that Ham has made recently. The switches? You mean just going back to what they had? <laughs> he reverted last year? back. Yes, sure. He, yeah, he went back to what had he should have just done that. I mean, you know, he ba- you know, he got he got antsy because first couple weeks Reeves was sucking. So yeah, you know, and obviously then people jump on D'Lo, but I mean. They need to, they need some more guys that could dribble and play make in that lineup, and they had it on the roster. I mean, I get it; they're not as good as you want them to be, but they're better than what you got. It's better than what you were rolling with, and it's guys that you could pass the ball to and might make another pass or might drive or might. And these seems like all simple things, but those guys can dribble, pass, and shoot. And you were playing a lot of guys that can't dribble, pass, and shoot. When you're throwing Tareem Prince and Cam Radish out there together, and Jared Vanderbilt, it's like, yeah, that's there's a reason why you saw LeBron's numbers be good, <laughs> Anthony Davis's numbers be good, and everybody else's numbers be crap, and they weren't any good. Like, at least at least those other guys can dribble past and shoot, and they'd be better off when they get Rui back in the mix. I mean, they did get to the second round of the you know, they they did get to second round of the playoffs last year. 
Uh, and then they got to the third round last year before they got wiped out by Denver. But, I mean, they were good enough to do that. I'm not saying they don't have to augment it, but it's kind of crazy how it's not like they didn't have the guys that did that. And then they just switched it, and it didn't make them better. And now they've gone back to that and <laughs> they kind of did some internal improvement. And they've gotten a little bit more healthy for sure. Um, but I mean, that's the team we saw, but yeah, you would pick, you, you would not pick the Suns in a, in a series against the Lakers. No way. I, I think I so. No, I think you would do that. No, no, don't think so. Plus the Lakers can make more moves. Like we, their roster is not finalized right now. They, they can, they have ways to improve the Suns. Not, not so much. They are out of picks, out of young players to deal. They don't have the flexibility. Yeah. So then the, the Suns are third. In 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 the odds, and then the Timberwolves, and then the Thunder, and then the Mavericks, and then the Lakers, and then the Kings. So, the most disrespected by the odds makers are the Pelicans. Could you foresee a circumstance where they have moved themselves up? They are fifth in the standings right now, so they aren't that far off from being able to have be home court advantage. Where are we in terms of uh, Kevin O Pelican? How are we feeling towards the uh, the beloved team? Is confidence growing? Is confidence high? Or is confidence wavering? I mean, confidence is definitely not wavering. That's that's for sure. It's not wavering one bit. Um, I mean, Zion had a play against Lamelo Ball the other night. The Pelicans team account tweeted it out where he just like completely locked down against Lamelo, defending him in isolation and. It's like this is the way. Like this is what this is what you got to do. Put it put in this effort, and and you get a chance to to be the best possible version of yourself. And he's been amazing lately. Granted, Ingram until that game against the Hornets, you know, had fallen off recently. I think the Pelicans need to make a move. I think they got to consolidate. Maybe trade one of their young pieces and some of their picks and look for upgrades. Um, I think they need to make a move. I think they, they need really, a point if, guard. Yeah. Yeah, if they really if they really want a, ch- a chance of winning at all, I think they got to make. And I know they have to make some moves. I know they do, um, but um, it's a matter of how much do they want to rush it versus waiting until another year. But like we're talking about going for it, that's a bet on Zion's health. Is Zion going to get healthier? Is Zion going to be as healthy as he seems right now, even though he's still not in the shape that you'd want him to be in? Is this as good as it's going to get? They are the highest like ceiling floor too, because I could see them drawing somebody in the playoffs and just being a horrendous matchup for somebody. Oh, for sure, like the Kings or, they on the other the on, on the other, year. for sure. And on the other hand, you could see somebody being a horrendous matchup for them. Mm-hmm. Like there are times where they look like the best team, and then there are times where it's like, what the hell? This doesn't yeah. fit. You know, they've got the most variance to me in terms of what I could see as their possible outcomes. You know, at that midway point of the season, you usually got a pretty good read on a lot of these teams, and and it will change dependent on moves. And I think there's some of these teams that will for sure uh, improve. There's some of these teams that will for sure decline. But you've got a, I think we've got a pretty good measure of what they are. I don't know. I, You could tell me that team's going to end ninth, or 10th, or you could tell me they're going to end third 
and neither of which would make me go, what? <laughs> just, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I also think they need to, they need to uh, tweak their style a little bit, too, because they're 27th in the NBA in three-pointers attempted per game, but number yep. three in percentage. They have Trey Murphy and Jordan Hawkins, two of the best shooters in all of basketball. And Trey Murphy like should be taking nine threes a game. Jordan Hawkins doesn't even play every night. And when he does, he's taking five or six threes a game. Hawkins should be taking nine threes a game as well. I just, I just think they got to be feeding those guys even more touches, even more minutes to just get the most out of what is one of the most efficient plays for them in the half court, which is simply these 40% knockdown movement shooters taking a three out of actions with Zion is drawing too, or Ingram is isoing, or CJ McCollum's running pick and roll. Get those guys more more three-pointers, in my opinion. That's huge. Yeah, because there's a lot of four guys that don't shoot it from any distance, and so you then it becomes 80s, pack it in. And that's why I say, you know, they're just going to pummel you if you're small. Um, like you were talking about with the Kings thing. They're going to pummel you for being small because you're just never going to get the ball, and they can two-point you to death. But there's times where it's like Ingram, Zion, Herb Jones, and Valanchunas, and it's like, okay, who's shooting? CJ? Like you got one guy out there that's going to be stretching it out for you, and the rest of the stuff is taking place from the elbow down for the most part? Um, that's why I think that those, those spacer guys, when they augment their lineups, you know, they so many times they just look so much better. It's better creating balance. Creating the space. Yeah, well, because it also creates the space for... Uh, Ingram is as good scoring individually as there is. I don't give a shit what a number says. I don't care about ISOs or whatever. I'm talking about, I put him, I put a defender on him. He's one of those guys where I'm like, all right, this guy's a bucket. Like, <laughs> the degree of difficulty of the shots, the way he's so tall and could lean back and hit him, it's, he really is like a, bootleg KD it's something to behold because it's all jumpers too it's all jumpers it's just dude is wet today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video uncontrollable frowning and inability to smile an expression like you just smelled something rotten these are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Renter, buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy, and you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. 
Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. Let's get to some of the awards. I was a little surprised that on FanDuel, the MVP favorite is Jokic. It's very slight. I thought Embiid, who has gotten so much attention recently for this crazy-ass streak that he's on, with the uh, 18 games in a row of 30-plus points and 10 rebounds. Um, you know, it's the longest streak. I, I saw the other day since the merger, Harden had a 32-game streak where he scored over 30. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. 32. They could have been on the same team, Kev. But <laughs> uh, 32 games in a row, he scored over 30 at one point. But anyway, he's like up to 18. And, you know, that that his team is certainly not as good built around him. They they moved off of Harden and brought back role players. And Maxie's obviously not going to bump up. But, I mean, he is delivering night in, night out. And some of the historical stats that he's been putting up, I just figured, would kind of put him in the forefront with team success and individual success. But it's Jokic right now. Here's the thing. Embiid has played 29 out of 39 games. He's on pace to play just over 60, but not quite 65. Mm. So I think that's got to be he a You may a not part get there. Yeah. yeah. If you're I making odds, that's yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. I think that's got to be a component here for him. You remember my semi-bold prediction? This will be one year. I think one year and they're done with it. I think they're done with it. <laughs> I think they've gotten their desired result. They have come out with their study saying it doesn't help. They've gotten everybody on board with the player participation. They'll get their new contracts, right? This is all about TV. Get our new contracts. But the first time it screws over a huge player, done. Done. There will be controversy galore. Or maybe it's the opposite. And they say, well, guess you got to nope. play more next year, Joel Embiid. No way. And then, then, then next year, everybody does. No way. He well, because look, he's not sitting out for funsies. He's not just like you know taking know. these rest yeah. breaks and stuff, and he's not like sitting out big, you know, TNT games and stuff like that. Like this is what it is. He's a seven foot guy that he plays big minutes, and you know you're gonna get banged up some. I I don't think that that's been a thing uh, with him this year. He's been rather durable. You know who I'm surprised is too low in my opinion. Uh, with the odds, who do you think I'm going to say? Who's too Giannis. low? No, Luca. Okay, so here, 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 let me just let me just for everybody out there, it goes Jokic, Embiid, SGA, Luca, Giannis, Tatum. Now everybody up to Giannis is less than plus a thousand. So Giannis is the longest shot of those that I mentioned, plus eight hundred. Tatum is next. He's plus 2,900. So there is a huge gulf between the top five and everybody else. So are you going to say one of those top five that you think is too low? No, I think Kawhi Leonard at plus 15,000. Oh! (laughs) It's just really low, in my opinion. He's missed only four games, and, and yet he's behind Booker who's missed more time, Halliburton, who's currently out, Fox, who has not been you know, better overall than Kawhi. 
Uh, Durant is plus 7,500. Kawhi is plus 15,000. Edwards is plus 5,000. Kawhi is plus 15,000. Like to me, the odds for Kawhi are he's not going to win it. So it's not That's the right fair, bet to make. But plus 15,000? That seems really, really low for a guy who's just averaging like 28, 7, and 6 ever since they acquired Harden. Um, so if he continues on that pace for the rest of the season, his averages are going to be way higher than they currently are after his slow start while shooting Plus, he's 50%, been great defensively too yeah shooting 52 percent for the field and having a yeah and, and very well may be on the you know one or two seed yeah he's amazing he's been absolutely incredible he has been absolutely amazing i'm trying to look up here to see how what is the highest Kawhi leonard has ever finished in in terms of voting like mvp voting to see he has won uh he's won six awards. He obviously has got the finals MVP. He's won defensive player of the year a couple of times. He's got another finals MVP. He's an all-star, <laughs> most valuable player uh a couple of years ago, and he's got that 75th anniversary. Uh MVP, the highest is it appears second in 1516. He was he was second. Oh wow! But, yeah, but that but was Curry, but, year. <laughs> but Curry got a hundred and thirty-one first wow. place points. He was unanimous. Wow! Nobody else got a first place vote. Curry, at age twenty-seven, that was his. Yeah, and then Kawhi was second in MVP voting. That year, and then and Kawhi was uh, third the year after in sixteen seventeen. I'm seeing Westbrook one, Harden two, Kawhi three. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, those so are the he, only two years he was in the top three, top five. He had but, one yeah. other. T- they had one other top five. Nineteen twenty. Nineteen twenty. Okay, he was yeah, yeah. He, just fifth in nineteen twenty. Wow. He was behind Giannis, LeBron, wow. Harden, and Jokic. No, Luca that year. I'm seeing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Uh, yeah. Luca. Um, that was was that his first year with the Clippers? 1920. Uh, right? yeah, first year. Okay, so his first year, his first year with the Clippers. Wow. So he said three years in the top five had a second, a third, and a fifth. P.S. I mean, I mean, I don't that, think he's hey, gonna... hold on, hold on. That year, you ready for this one, Kev? That he was fifth in MVP voting? Mm-hmm. 57 games. <laughs> oh, wow. 57? Wow. 57 well, games. I mean, that, was, well, that was also the shortened season, too. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. There was a, glo- there was a global pandemic that year. <laughs> oh, so I guess he played a ton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he actually played quite a bit that year. Okay. <laughs> that was 70-something games? Is that right? Or 70 games? Oh, was it 72 that year? Yeah, it was reduced, but yeah, okay, yeah. you're right. Well, I mean, look, if hey, hey, look, in fairness to me, the other na- numbers that surround it are 60 and 52 and 50. So it's mm-hmm. not like <laughs> it's not like it mattered. That it was a shortened year, Kevin. It's about the range that we're talking. He usually plays somewhere between 50 and 60 games. Yeah, Giannis had 63 that year, and he won 63 games played. Yeah, in 1920. Oh, I think I agree with you. I, I, you know what? I didn't even notice. I didn't even uh, think about Kawhi, but he is. 
He's only That's missed low. four. Yeah, it is low. It is low. I mean, what if some? What if like one of the favorites or two of the favorites miss extended time? It's possible. I mean, like, the, or aren't eligible? Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. Exactly. That's right. Fifteen k, fifteen thousand just seems really low for Kawhi, considering the level he's playing at on defense and the numbers he's putting up, the pace he'll be at by the end of the year, uh, the place the Clippers could be in the standings. What if they end up taking the one seed? I don't know. Just, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. Low. Look, uh, Halliburton comes back healthy and starts playing like he was when That's he left. Low too. People mm-hmm. are gonna no. I'm saying he's not gonna get the he's not gonna get to 65, and people are gonna be pissed about that one too. I'm yeah, telling you, and I'm, I'm telling you, this is gonna last one year, one year. This 65 game thing, <laughs> they're gonna amend this in the off season because some of these guys, like you know, the the intent was to get guys to play. But punishing guys that like hurt themselves and have amazing seasons, but have to sit out, you know, 18 games with an injury, you know, that's not the intent. Um, rookie of the year, Chet's a pretty big favorite right now, minus 180. And then Wemby is plus 115. So for, for, for everybody out there, um, if you hear minus and plus, Minus 180 means I would have to bet $180 to win 100 on if I bet Chet. If I bet 100 on Wemby, I win 115. So the next best odds is Jaime uh, uh, Hakez at plus 2,800. So this is truly a Chet Wemby race. Oh, no. uh, I'm, I'm 28,000. Oh, it's 28,000? 28,000. <laughs> Oh my God! You know this is demented, but I mean, is it worth putting a buck on <laughs> just in case they both get hurt? <laughs> you know, yeah, a, bu- a buck to win two hundred eighty bucks. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you know. I mean, you're probably throwing your money in the fire, uh, but yeah. what if? Yeah, and then it's like, all right. I mean, yeah, those the, guys the aren't going to get to sixty-five. The, get those, yeah, they're not yeah. going to get to sixty-five games, bro. Yeah, they they shut them down for the season, play it extra cautious. Like yeah. the OKC, like brings Chet back for the playoffs. Spurs shut down Wemby for the remainder oh, of the season for God. like an ankle turn. Like it's you never know. It's <laughs> and then and then right and then and then Jaime Jaquez gets his. Michael Carter <laughs> Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Rookie of the Year award. Oh man, can you imagine? Right? Yeah. You remember when people were trying to say it shouldn't be Malcolm Brogdon, it should be Joel Embiid that played thirty games. Yeah. <laughs> Embiid played like one fifth of the season, and people were arguing that he should be the Rookie of the Year. Like, what are we gonna do? Give it to eight point a game, Malcolm Brogdon? This is dumb. You know. So. Hamiakas, plus 28,000. I don't know, Kim. Who would you vote for today, Chet or Victor? Chet. I'd vote for Chet today, but I think Victor's going to take the lead and win it. I think so, too. The run he's on right now. I think I agree. I think I agree with you on this. Unbelievable. If these stats that he's putting up, you know, hold, brother. He's like 20 and 10 and what, three blocks or something right now? Yeah, in, in 24 minutes per game. So if, if slash when they lift the minutes restriction, like per 36 minutes, like the, the, it's like always funky to project ahead, but 
per 36 minutes, he's averaging 35.5 points, 14 rebounds, five blocks, five assists over his last 10-ish games. And, and, and look, I think we need to make clear like we always do, we're never trying to tear one down to build up the other. Never. To, to me, this is not, they are both absolutely amazing. And Oklahoma City, like, again, you put the ballot in front of me right now, I am betting Chet. That, or I, mean, that, or I mean, I'm voting Chet. Yeah. If we're, what'd you call it? Midpoint. <laughs> <laughs> At the midpoint, I'm giving this to Chet. This is just what happens the last 41 games. And I don't think it is any slander to Chet Holmgren, like to, to think that, okay, I would say, buddy, if it was any other year and you weren't having to deal with this, you know, freak of nature that's just unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. I mean, what if he ever makes some shots? He doesn't make nothing. He doesn't make shots yet, Wemby. If he starts making shots, shit. Well, his three-point percentage is trending up. Like, it's been better over this recent stretch. He made some tweaks to his shooting mechanics. He's still shooting over 80% from the free-throw line like he did last year. That's encouraging. Like, if he if he becomes a 37%, 38% guy from three and over 40% on the tough mid-range jumpers he takes, like, the guy is going to be absolutely unstoppable. Defensive player of the year, your boy Rudy Gobert is a prohibitive favorite. Chet is actually second on that at plus 800, and then AD behind him at plus 1,500. I'm a little surprised Chet's second. I thought AD, granted the Lakers' defense as a whole wasn't good, but AD individually has been outstanding. Yes. Bam should probably be a little higher on that too. Yep. But I, I think it's Gobert's award to lose right now for sure. Well, I would certainly bet on anyone else (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm not biased at all not even a little bit yeah right (laughs) sixth man of the year i was surprised by this tim hardaway jr after all these years is the favorite right now to win sixth man of the year i haven't lined up the stats for all of these different guys my immediate reaction was that there's value on some of the lower guys. Nas Reed. Yes. Cole Anthony. Mm-hmm. Norm Powell. You know, if the Clippers keep on humming along. Trey uh, Murphy. Yep. He, he, again, games thing's going to get game, him. The, game, the games is going to be the tough one for Murphy. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but Hardaway Jr., I, it was kind of uh, neat to see him getting the respect that he's getting uh, for that. Uh, Malik Monk is obviously... he. Malik Monk feels like the kind of guy that could do like the Jamal Crawford, Jordan Clarkson type thing. And like that's he he is Malik Monk is what we have thought of when we think of six man of the year. Yeah. For so long. Right. This is your consummate. This guy flips the game for you. Comes off the bench and pours in buckets and gives you energy and games. You're kind of dragon you ain't got much going on and this guy comes in with just a lightning bolt and i think monk at plus 310 is a pretty good pretty good value just because he's i know hardaway shot the hell out of the ball though so yeah but hardaway could slip the three-point percentage could potentially fall yeah they also could move him yeah Mm -hmm. right 
they're trying to yep. get loaded up for bear and they think they need to, uh, I think he would be a candidate, uh, to get, to I get agree. moved given his contract. Right. Yep. Um, whereas probably a lot less likely with somebody like monk coach of the year, Dagnall right now, Ty Lue's too low. I told you Ty Lue. Like, oh, I know he'll never, he's plus 2000. So it's Dagnall Finch, Carlisle. Those are the top three favorites. And then Mosley, Missoula, but Lou behind them. Strange. Like, why is Lou so low? Yeah, plus 2,000. Yeah, it's strange. Man, that's just, look, as much as the media has found, uh, you know, Westbrook and Harden uh, to be sometimes difficult over the years, say they should have the greatest respect for Ty Lou. Oh, yeah. I don't think that, uh, they're not taking into consideration the fact that Ty Lou's got every media member's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Every, every media member loves Ty Lu for good reason. He's evidently, I, I don't know him personally. He's evidently a great dude. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I take it back. He doesn't have our phone numbers. <laughs> but everybody else, necessarily on the West Coast. Oh, and I'm, oh, I meant to ask you this. You know how you were like, you, you've been going on and on about the sphere and how amazing the sphere is and everything yeah, yeah. else? Bro, I know you've been going on about the sphere in Vegas and everything, but did you see them? renderings that came out this week of the Clippers stadium. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. my God. Looks that, cool, doesn't it? That thing looks like the greatest basketball arena ever. It's Truly. Impressive. Like, if from the future, it looks so awesome. I am 100% going to take a trip out there to see that. I like the double-sided screen believe. inside that the, the goes oh, around the arena. It looks so cool. <laughs> the wall of sound thing? I know, yeah, yeah. That kind of like goes straight up like yeah, a college? And, and requiring pl- uh, people sitting in that section to wear Clippers attire. And if you have you oh. know, season tickets, you can opt in to have, you know, your, your getting up out of your seat and your voice, your cheering track to give you discounts in the store and all that. It's pretty cool. It's, a, it's innovative stuff. I like it. Yeah. For people that haven't seen it, you got to go look this up because it is absolutely positively unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, it, and, the, and I guess the renderings, I saw them come out like earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, how far away is that going to be from like where you are? Uh, I don't know. Probably like depending on the time of day, it could be anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. <laughs> is it farther from you than Staples? Yeah, it'd be it'd be about the same distance to be honest with you, like pretty much identical distance. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like way out of the way. I I, I don't have no. any. I I I don't have any uh, sense of direction when it comes to yeah. Like like right now, if I were to leave, you know, this would be a little late to leave for media stuff. If the game were at Intuit Dome tonight, it'd take me fifty six minutes. Fifty six minutes. Yeah, which isn't so bad. Is that how long do you think it would take you to get to Staples? It'd take you an hour? Yeah. Really? Oh, right wow. now it would. Yeah. Jeez. It's not so bad. Just throw on full self-driving and the time disappears. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous of that. It's a game changer for the stop and go traffic. It is. like that. That's the I biggest know. benefit. Like, stop and go traffic. Sometimes I, I like traffic now, to be honest with you. I know, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, o, Kevin O'Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Here they come. Here come the tweets. All right. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, and this is uh, while we've been goofing around and talking about everything at the midpoint way of the season, do you want to uh, <laughs> the midpoint way? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, 
We do want to take a moment to be serious and send our heartfelt condolences to everybody. While we goof about everything, while we talk about all these teams and everything else, um, you know, uh, sometimes it's, you know, it can't get lost. Like, not, not only are these real humans that we cover and, and, and talk to and in many cases have relationships with around the league, um, it really shows when, when, when something like that tragedy with the Warriors uh, has taken place with um, Dijon uh, Mil- Milovic, Milijevic, um, and I know I'm butchering uh, his name, but everybody that I know that knows him loved this guy. Um, you know that I covered uh, Darko, who is now the head coach at Toronto, um, and he gave this very heartfelt uh, his thoughts about him, uh, whether it's Jokic, called the opening play of the game. Yeah, took it out of his playbook as a tribute. Whether it's Jokic, whether it's uh, Bogdanovich, you know, obviously he worked with so many names that you are familiar with: uh, Boban, Zubats, uh, Gogo Badazzi, like all kinds. And anyways, he is—he's not far off from my age, and the guy's got a wife and two kids, and. You know, he, for those that don't know, an assistant coach for the, for the Golden State Warriors who had a heart attack. And then within, uh, by, by, by yesterday, we found out that he had passed away. 46 years old. Yeah. 46 years old. And it's just horrible. And I cannot imagine, you know, those, those teams, they become families, you know, they're around those people more than they are their own family in many cases. And you're traveling everywhere, and you're going out to dinner with each other, and 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 so they they lost what they, what feels like a family member to them. And I know people within that Warriors organization, and I know this has just absolutely gutted them because he is the guy that was the isn't it great to be here? Positive sport is supposed to be fun, always smiling. Like he's that guy. And I saw. I think that's why you saw the outpouring of love for him, but just thoughts with everybody. I know we've got a lot of people that listen. I've even heard from people within that organization that listen. And, uh, we want to send our heartfelt condolences because though we talk about this stuff all the time, um, we, we certainly know that in the end, um, you know, whatever's going on with the season pales in comparison to what is going on with that organization right now, which is, this is a true tragedy and it sucks. We've talked about it a hundred million times where you need to value every day and stop and smell the roses and don't sweat the small stuff and all this different kind of stuff. And it's like, man, you never know, but you still in many cases conduct your life. Like you do know, you never think that it's going to be your last day. And then you see something like this and this guy's not far off from my age and it is petrifying to think about that and to think about what his wife and children, you know, are going through as well as everybody within that organization just sucks. I know it's heartbreaking. And, you know, the, like you said, he, he seemed like one of those guys that every day he, he made it clear to others and to himself, like, this is a blessing to be alive and get to make the most of this. And, you know, for him, basketball and, and family being two of the centerpieces of that for him, he, he was a player, he was an MVP playing in the Adriatic League. He was a champion playing overseas. And to go on and have a successful coaching career and to make a difference and pass on all the lessons he learned to, you know, players coming through and obviously his family as well. It's it's 
it's heartbreaking for a lot of people around the world right now. Um, and I didn't know him, um, but I, everything I've heard about him, similar to you, Chris, he sounds like he was just an absolutely ma- magnificent human being. Um, so, uh, you know, sending our best to everybody that knew him and everybody that felt a connection to him, whether it was him as a player over the years or uh, as a coach, knowing him directly. Obviously had a profound impact on a whole lot of people within the NBA community. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez. As always, Kevin, I will talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit K gamblinghelp.com In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. In Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. Hope is here. In Massachusetts, visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time and the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.